You're listening to Resilient Forward, a podcast show to educate the public on the people, businesses, governments, and nonprofits working on resilient solutions and innovative strategies to our most challenging environmental issues. I am your host, Irela Bagué. A Florida native and environmental advocate, I have seen firsthand the impacts of climate change and its effects on our economy. We hope that you'll enjoy this episode and learn something new about the fight against climate change in our path towards a resilient future. Thank you for joining us on Resilient Forward. And we're currently focusing our communications to provide timely information to our listeners related to the COVID-19 crisis. And we are fortunate today to have with us Mark Darmanin, who is the Operations Director of Water and Wastewater Service for Broward County, Florida. Mark, thanks for joining us. Um, you know, we've well, we, thank you for we have, having me. Yeah, thanks for, for taking the time. Um, I know that we have a lot of biz- a lot of people working from home um, during this crisis because we're all, you know, hopefully staying home and staying safe. Um, you, have you seen water consumption go up um, with regards to an increase of people being at home more? We actually have seen a slight uptick in our water uh, usage. Um, we actually currently are attributing it more to the weather than we are to people working at home. Um, with the right, because it's been, l- it's been dry. Rain, right. Yeah, it's been dry for a few weeks. Yeah, um, so that may be so that may be the reason. Yeah, we've been actually relatively steady, and I believe that the uh, due to the, the increased irrigation, I think that's what's actually uh, driving it up slightly at the moment. Right, right, because uh, we all have to have pretty green lawns in South Florida. <laughs> <laughs> and especially so, when you're working um, from home. Right. So are you, is the county doing anything, is the utility doing anything to educate folks um, on, cons- on conservation of water during this time? Um, understanding that it may go up one because of it's dry, but also because there's more people at home and eventually it'll, it'll, it'll start showing that too. That's true. Um, we do. We have some pretty aggressive outreach programs. We have a low flow toilet rebate program. We have a water sense program, which pretty much helps people in the irrigation area to use less. Um, water-saving heads, in other words, on their sprinkler systems and things along those lines. Rain sensors to ensure that the sprinkler system doesn't go on. Um, Low-flow appliances, shower heads, things along that line. We have a, um, I I would call it a relatively aggressive program. Well, that's good. And I know that, you know, some of those, um, you know, like we all know a leaky toilet can be devastating to a water bill. So I hope people are taking advantage of uh, of those rebates. Um, not so sure about now, but <laughs> hopefully if they yeah. can, you know, they can incorporate those things into the future. That would be good too. Absolutely, yeah. We we uh, we haven't seen any change in volume as of yet, so we're hoping it's still working. Well, that's good. Um, let's um, let's talk about you know some relief because obviously people have to pay their water bills, and in that in that note. Um, there are many utilities that are obviously, you know, you know, waiving some fees, some late fees, and doing certain things to assist customers and businesses with the financial hardship that this crisis has um, has 
you know, impacted. Uh, what Are you all doing anything, or do you have any special programs for folks? We are actually pretty progressive about that. When somebody can't pay a bill, we will enter into a payment arrangement with them to make sure that they can continue to have the water service they need. Obviously, in these times, washing your hands is extremely important, so we want to make sure everybody's still doing that. Mm -hmm. um, and even to that end, we've suspended cutoffs at this point in time, meaning that we're not shutting people off for non-payment, just to ensure that those people who need water will get it. So, yeah, we do have a couple of special programs out there, and if someone needs help, they can call our water billing division, and we can actually see what we can do for them. That's great. I, you know, I think everybody's trying to work things out with everyone. You know, it's just, it's, it's, I think it's difficult for all of us. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and yeah, it's, it's a, it's a new, it's a new way of, of, of working. That's for sure. Um, so let's, let's get into the, to what we've heard about a lot. And so all the craziness that went, went on about the toilet paper and also the issues with, you know, flushable wipes, which really are not flushable. They're marketed that way, but they create all kinds of uh, havoc in the in the wastewater system. So, can you talk about the difference between toilet paper wipes and you know what can people be doing, you know, responsibly? Sure. Um, well, I can tell you that the industry as a whole probably got extremely scared when there was a run on toilet paper and everybody else started replacing toilet paper with napkins and paper towels and any other items they could use. And the truth be told, toilet paper is designed to break down quickly in water, whereas paper towels and wipes, they don't. They have a tendency to what we call wind. And there's a we have, again, when it has a tendency to wind, I'm, most people are unaware, but well, actually most people believe that sewer magically disappears from their home. But as you well know, that there's a pipe that carries it down to the uh, municipal system, and then from that municipal system, it gets pumped to a treatment plant. Well, right. when we start when we start to pump, those are turning motors. So things that don't break down get caught in those motors that turn, and periodically sometimes as often as daily, we need to go in there and free those motors to be able to process and continue to move wastewater to the treatment plant. So anybody who's using anything other than toilet paper, which is designed for that purpose, is really potentially causing damage not only to the municipal system, but it may actually stop up their home and cost them an extreme, an extreme amount of money having to call a plumber to free their lines. Correct, because there is a connection between your home and the sewer line if you're not on right. public. <laughs> exactly. So, right. So, yeah, so it could, it could, you know, nobody, you know, at, at this time, being at home so long, so much, nobody needs a sewer backup. I mean, trust me, it's like the most disgusting <laughs> thing that can happen to anybody in their home. <laughs> That's true. That's for sure. And it's not with everybody home at the same time, too, you know? Right, exactly. And, and, and again, we're all, you know, in, being impacted financially on top of everything. So, you know, a, plumbing, a plumber coming into the home now is like the bill of that on exactly. top of your, you know, it's just a compounding effect. So everybody do not flush anything other than toilet paper. That's the message, right? That's definitely the message. We actually have an outreach program for that. We uh, we nicknamed it Frog, 
And, <laughs> and really the reason we did it was we didn't want people flushing anything that we considered fats, rags, oils, or grease. Frog. All right. Of would, all of those can cause significant problems, again, not just to the municipal system, but even to the home plumbing systems. And like you suggested, the last thing you want during financial stressful times is a plumber's bill, you know? So Correct. Correct. And, you know, you mentioned oil and um, grease, so there's more people cooking and baking and doing all kinds of things at home as well. Um, yep. Talk about that because people, some people just, you know, instead of, you're supposed to collect the oil in a different, you know, um, vessel or can or anything, not dump it down the drain because that causes Absolutely. also backups, correct? Because it, it solidifies. Absolutely. That's correct. So people who are frying chicken wings or, or bacon, and mm-hmm. God knows we all love chicken wings and bacon, but when that grease cools, it becomes a hardened substance, and it reduces the capacity of the pipe to be able to handle the flow of the sewer. And if it cools slow enough, it actually traps material, which causes a further blockage inside of the pipe. So like you suggested, again, the best thing to do is to have some sort of can or item on the stove that once you're done cooking, you put the grease into that can and dispose of it properly in the garbage can and let it go to the landfill. To the landfill. Mm -hmm. Correct. Well, you know, I mean, a lot of these little things that people, you know, in their daily lives don't often know how big of a problem can be. You know, these little things can become a huge problem. Um, Absolutely. Something, I mean, yeah. something as simple as cleaning your hairbrush. When you clean your hairbrush, whatever the hair that comes out of the brush, please throw it in the basket. Don't throw it or try to flush it. It, it causes significant issues down downstream. I know. It's just a little thing. So hopefully folks, you know, um, understand that now we're all in this together kind of thing, and so we should all be practicing some, you know, some of these tips to to yep. to save us all the the headache of sewer backups. Um, one last thing I wanna wanna ask you about is um it's, and it's more of a long term issue unrelated to the current situation, but um, really impacting most utilities across the country, and that's our aging water infrastructure. Um, we hear about these utilities um, that are dealing with these large pipe breaks, and mostly they're sewage breaks, so they go into our waterways and cause all kinds of ecological damage to our water quality. And so what have you experienced that, or what what are you all doing to deal with, you know, your aging infrastructure? Do you have a capital improvements plan, projects in the pipeline, and, you know, no pun intended there, obviously. No, I understood. (laughs) (laughs) We absolutely do. Um, let me start by saying that, that here in Broward County, we have 26 different municipalities. So when you hear something that occurs in Broward County, it doesn't necessarily mean it was actually owned by Broward County. Right. So Broward County has had a number of um, large sewer main breaks, but they were not owned by the Broward County Municipal Water Wastewater System. So we, the Broward County Water and Wastewater Services, have been very lucky. And it, I think our luck has been a result of extremely good planning. So we currently spend about, on average, over $50 million a year on our capital improvement plans. 
And wow. those are actually executed projects. We've continued to ramp that up knowing that in the last few years and going forward, we have a lot of work to do. We spent $100 million last year and look to continue that pace for the next few years to come. We're not only making improvements to the um, to the treatment facilities themselves, but we're also making improvements to the collection systems in the field that actually benefit the homeowner firsthand, directly. Well, that's fantastic because, I mean, it, it pays to be proactive. We all know that. I mean, you pay now or pay later. Um, and, and so, and so, you know, hopefully you guys, you've been lucky because you've been proactive. So hopefully that's a lesson for most of the other utilities within the, count, the, the county's jurisdiction. Um, yep. I don't know if there's anything else you'd like to close with or share with our listeners. This is well, part I of a water, this is part of a water series. So you can just. Yeah. Sure. Well, I would like to, to reach – first of all, I'd like to commend my staff here at Water and Wastewater Services of Broward County because they, as many of the other first responders, have come to work every day to ensure that there is potable water and that the wastewater is collected from all of our all of our clients, our taxpayers, our ratepayers. And I'd like to commend everybody else in this industry as well for doing the same. There has been no interruptions of service, and I think that we as a group have done an excellent job staying under the radar for that reason. And we I've always said that we are like offensive linemen in football. The only time when our name is called is when something goes wrong. Well, our name hasn't been called during this crisis, which means we must be doing something right. And I just wanted to send my thanks to everybody who's in this industry and doing a great job. That's absolutely true and very, you know, and a very nice thing to say because it's true. There are many thankless jobs out there that are being done um, to keep all of us, you know, safe and healthy. And I commend all those plant operators that show up every day. Um, you know, everyone, and those are first responders in my opinion too. So Mark, thanks so much for being such a great leader um, in our South Florida community and um, for joining us and sharing some of your, some of the very pertinent information regarding the crisis and also what you all are doing to maintain your system. We really appreciate your time. Arella, thank you. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Resilient Forward. Don't forget to like this episode on your favorite podcast platform and share with your friends and colleagues. If you would like to know more about Resilient Forward or join us as a guest, please visit www.resilientforward.com. Join us next time and remember, our environment is our economy.